Blog Talk Radio. About that time, everybody. Welcome to another edition and another season of Cover Two with McMillan and Purdue. That show where we talk nothing but NFL football. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my partner. We got Fred Purdue in the building. Fred, it's time to get busy. What's going on, man? NFL season. I've got a little bit of a taste last week. I got a sour taste, but a little bit of a taste of this football thing. And, you know, I can't get enough of this stuff. Yes, sir. Um, and and if you guys don't know what Fred is talking about, you know the kickoff of the college football season was last weekend, and Fred's beloved Miami Hurricanes blew a game that they should have won. But we'll talk about that on a whole nother show. That show is called Quick Slants, and you can catch that on the War Room Sports Podcast Network at www.warroomsports.com. But right now we're talking NFL. And this is one of our 2019 NFL preview. In this episode, we will be previewing the AFC. Man, I'm I'm excited. Before man. we it's, get into it, I gotta throw time, the flag man. on you real quick, though. I gotta throw. Oh. We throwing flags early. We throwing flags early. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Fifteen yard penalty on the play. Let's move it back a little bit. Let's move it back. All right. So let's uh let's jump into this this NFL preview. Like I said, we're gonna do uh some AFC work in this episode. Um let's get it started. I'm I'm gonna go all the way out west and then we're gonna bring it all the way back over to the east and end the show with Fred's other beloved and the NFL Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots. So we're gonna <laughs> start it off in the West with the Oakland Raiders. There's a lot of hype, not not as much as uh, as another team we're going to talk about in this AFC, but there's a little bit of hype brewing around the the Raiders, you know, much of it is because they're getting a lot of airtime on on hard knocks and people get to see the inner workings of the club and you know, a lot of people think that Derek Carr is going to be back and improved and you know, more of the Derek Carr that we saw prior to the injury rather than you know, the kind of conservative Derek Carr that we saw after the injury. So let's go. Oakland Raiders, let's start it off here. Let's go. We know they, they ended last season at 4-12. and 12. Um, Gruden, I, you know, I don't think either one of us would call his seat hot. It's just about yet. He was in year two of a uh, $100 million 10-year contract. They're going to give him a bit of a leash you know, to see what he can do to turn this franchise around. But 4-12 and 12 last season, Fred, what, what grade do you give this team for what they did in the off season? you know, coming off of a 4-12 and 12 season being last place in the AFC West? I give it a solid C, nothing spectacular, nothing just damning. I mean, outside of signing a head coach for 10 years and $100 million, but that was the previous year. So, I mean, this 
for me, I, I look at you go get Antonio Brown. Uh, a guy, he's on the back end of his career at this point. I mean, the receivers just, they don't last after 30. It's just the way it is. Back end of his career. Uh, the stuff that's been going on in the preseason, Fred, it seems like he's kind of on the back end of his mind right now. Why <laughs> <laughs> might he pull a, an Andrew Luck? I mean, we're talk, we are we have to talk about it anyway. Why did he pull a no, I mean, Andrew he's already Luck. threatened to do so, and he's on grievance number two that's failed, so – you know, is he going to be a man of his word? Is he going to retire over Helmet Gate? What's the deal here? Helmet Gate. That's what we're calling it. Okay, so Helmet Gate. Okay, let's dive into that because, you know, when Antonio Brown was supposed to be the savior to this offense. I mean, you right. go get Josh Jacobs, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, the elder statesman at the, that Clemson team that, that completely just, just obliterated Alabama. It seems like he was there for like 15 years. So he, he you have some pieces. Uh, Derek Carr, is he healthy? Is he going to be back as to pre-broken leg Derek Carr? Uh, are the play calls short enough for Derek Carter to remember? I'm just putting it out there. John Gruden makes my head hurt when it comes to play calling. And, and just to pull the curtain back, I've coached – football at the high school level and we've never even at the college level you don't have play calls that long anymore so yeah this is it this whole situation seems like it's going to be another four and 12 type season I, I see very few bright spots yeah I mean I see a little bit of improvement on the horizon I mean like like don't get it twisted I mean and I know you know this already you know once they get the season underway and you can actually get Antonio Brown locked in. Like there's few players in the league that work as hard as this dude when he's locked in, but Mm -hmm. he spent the entire preseason complaining about a helmet, you know, sitting out with frostbitten feet. It's like the drama that Pittsburgh, you know, knew that they were getting that. That's why, like, I don't know, like Pittsburgh fans, Besides, actual Raider fans have paid the most attention to this Raiders saga. Um, and I think I even read something. Like, if you look at the ratings for Hard Knocks, <laughs> I think, you know, Pittsburgh is holding some of the highest ratings because they're looking and laughing like, that's your problem now. Like, he's <laughs> yeah, an exactly. uber-talented dude, arguably the best receiver in the league. He's in the argument. I mean, he's fully entrenched in that argument. But, I don't know, it's like – they're having a hard time getting this dude's attention. We all know when you have it, you know, it's going to be something. He's a, he's a monster. And Derek Carr is going to be very happy to have that guy out there on the field, whatever helmet he's wearing, leather helmet, you know, duck face mat, whatever he's wearing, Derek Carr is going to be happy to have him out there. But how long, even when they get him fully back into the fold, like how long before something else sets him off and it's, and it's messing with the Raiders' season? Can Chucky control him? I don't think so. I, I really don't. If Big Ben and Mike Tomlin can't control him in one of the most uh, safest NFL franchises where nothing gets out, this, the Steelers are very, very much like my Patriots, where nothing really gets out, even though they have a coach who's just a little too close to the players. But still, the company secrets don't get out much, and yet. I don't I don't see how this is going to be a good combination. Now, we all say, you know, they say iron sharpens iron, but 
at the end of the and I think I think John Gruden is one of those coaches that can get a lot out of a player. But at the same – Antonio Brown's a different type of cat, man. <laughs> He's right, 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 a different right. type of cat. And for me, too, the one thing I know, the one thing I know about this team is if the Raiders were 20th in the league, they haven't finished better than 20th in points allowed since 2006, and they gave up 29 points a game last year. You can have all the offense in the world, but you still got to stop somebody. So, you know – that's the issue I'm going to have. I think they can put up points. Everybody puts up points. It's well, I was just about to ask you that. Like, give me a positive. Give me um, a reason for optimism. And, you know, according to what you're saying, I, I agree with that. I think the <laughs> offense is going to be improved. Like, last season, you know, towards the end of the season, they kind of picked up their offensive pace. Um but it all comes down to because the weapons are pretty good, and you know if you add a, a yeah, I'm not even gonna say a healthy, if you add a happy Antonio Brown to the mix, you know Derek Carr is gonna have a lot to work with. So it all kind of falls on him. Which Derek Carr are we gonna see? You know what I'm saying as, as far as how far this offense can can actually take them. Um, so speaking of. Uh, give me a little bit of your your quarterback report. What do you think that we're going to see from Derek Carr this season? I think you'll see a lot of the same. Uh, a slightly consistent player. He's a good, an okay starter, not a great starter. But I'm not, you know, I don't want to. I'm not saying I want him to win me a Super Bowl or anything like that. He he might be serviceable for a fantasy team, but that's about you're, it. Not, you're not he's giving not him winning the benefit any, any. of the doubt of being no, a full no. season out from the knee injury? No, I'm good. I'm good. I've been I mean, good on Derek Carr for a while now. I, ever since the broken leg, he's just never been the same. And it's I, I, you go get Trent Williams – I'm sorry, not Trent. I'm sorry, Trent Brown, sorry, from my Patriots. Uh, the 6'8", 380-pound tackle who only played for one year and in an offense where the ball gets out within two seconds. And that's not Chucky's offense. <laughs> that's not his offense. Yeah. So yeah. you move him over I the mean, right tackle. play calls. And, are longer than the play length. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I mean, my, my head a 45 spin. stretch like. Yeah, I mean, my head spins just trying to think about repeating any of that, and yeah. and, and I know it's theatrics a lot of times with these shows, but a lot of it still comes down to the fact that on the uh, my eyes tell me that with all of this crap going on, and it is crap. This team is maybe a maybe one Antonio Brown is good enough to give you maybe one extra game. So they were four and twelve last year. They're probably about four five and eleven this year. Just saying. All right. Well well, you know, you gave me your, your reasons for optimism. Um I think we agree on the offense being a little improved. Um I mean their coach is supposed to be an offensive guru even though he hasn't coached in the league in sixteen million years. Um <laughs> Potential problems. First one I see is the damn schedule. Um, you know, they're said to have probably the toughest schedule in the league. They're going to start uh, the season with, with two home games, um, but one of those is against the Chiefs. So even though that's at home, you don't really figure them to win that. Um, then they don't play at home again until, like, November. So – a team that's trying to get themselves off of the mat. In addition to that, 
being a last place team but having such a difficult schedule, not even just in the teams that you play, but the way the schedule is, is kind of laid out for you. Like, I see that as a big negative for this for this team trying to, uh, you know, trying to build itself. Yeah, uh, schedule really does hurt because when you look at it, I mean, you, yeah, Andrew Luck's gone, but uh, Jacoby Percent isn't that bad, and they have a decent offensive line. But we, before we ever get to that game, you have to play one of the best, better defenses with two of the best, better um, bookend tackle. I'm sorry, bookend ends in Von Miller and Bradley Bradley Chubb. So now you got Derek Carr is going to run for his life. Then the following week, he has to put up about – he's going to have to put up at least 35, minimum 35. Uh, and then you turn around and then you get you get uh, Minnesota. Where, so now you have Anthony Barr chasing you around and Daniil Hunter chasing you around. Maybe you outscore the Colts. Maybe you get an easy one. But then you get yeah. Chicago. I mean, this team could be one and four <laughs> very quickly and – that's not before Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and Matthew Stafford. I mean, those teams can put up points. Right. So, you know, judging, looking at that schedule, like who do you view on the Raiders as the most important player not named Derek Carr or just a non-QB altogether? Like who's who's the most important player on this team? Most or important. even what's the most important position, either one. The head case to himself, A.B. I mean, he, where, where he goes is how the offense goes because you have a rookie starting at running back. You have, uh, I mean, you have Derek Carr, but who else Who else is your other playmaker? Tyrell Williams, he's a secondary kind of guy. Um, defensively, you, you gave up your best player. I mean, let's just be honest about it. He's wreaking havoc in Chicago. He's making Aaron Rodgers' life hell. So, you know, you – you really don't have a ton of options. This team, I mean, you have Cleveland Farrell, but do you really expect a rookie defensive end to really just wreak havoc in a division where the the where he's not he's going to be going up against some okay quarterbacks, maybe some okay quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers is all right. Pat Mahomes is all right. All right, yeah, they they a little above average, you know, <laughs> you know. But but on the other hand, when you ask that question, my answer is. He better damn well wreak some havoc <laughs> because of those guys that he's playing against. He better do something or they're exactly. going to be in trouble, trouble. So, um, all right, so let's go. You got any any stats, any important stats about this team, any uh, burning questions that you want to stick out there for this team going into the season? Yeah, again, uh, this team hasn't scored more than 20 points, hasn't finished uh, better than 20th in the NFL in points allowed since 2006. Man, that's been a long time. And quite honestly, when you finish, you allowed 29 points a game last year. I I know for a fact, Pat Mahomes and company, they're going to put up 35 on you easily. Phillip Rivers and company, if Melvin Gordon comes back, and we'll get on to them in a little bit, they're going to put about 28 on you. So I, the Broncos, I don't know. You get Aaron Rodgers. So, yeah. I was about to say, considering your stat of, you know, what they've given up over the past few seasons, that segues me into my burning question is who the hell are they going to stop? You know, <laughs> exactly. in this high-powered division. Like who are they going to stop to be able to string some wins together 
in this particular division. Like I said, people get to see you every week and they document you on uh, uh, hard knocks and, you know, the soft side of people's hearts starts to have a little compassion for you and you start telling yourself, oh, this team might be okay, man. They're looking a little good, but mm. nah. <laughs> my, nah. my, my, my response to that is, mm. all right. Might Roger Goodell right. be saying with the first pick, or the second pick, third, fourth, maybe <laughs> fifth pick in the NFL draft, the Oakland Raiders select. I mean, right, so, no. so give me give me this then, because we've basically crapped on the Raiders for most of their preview. Give me give me their best case scenario and their nightmare scenario um, before we give our predictions. On best case scenario: Pat Mahomes blows a knee out. Phillip Rivers blows a knee out. You win the division because the Broncos can't produce the offense. They, their offense is putrid. Joe Flacco will fall apart later and midway through the season. So that's the that's your best case scenario. Something crazy <laughs> like that happening, and then you you just and you might make the playoffs, but knowing it, knowing the Raiders, they still might find a way to f it up. Worst case scenario: Derek Carr is the same person we know. A.B. just goes, oh, I'm not getting the ball enough. I'm only getting the ball four times a game instead of eight to 11 times a game. And he just – he pulls a straight-up T.O. and right. becomes, as my my guy Skip Bayless says, team obliterator. Right. Hey, See, that, but that, that all makes sense because that all runs together. Um, I agree. Um, I'll, I'll even phrase it like this: nightmare scenario, dissension between your star wide receiver and your quarterback. Dissension will come if, like you said, Derek Carr stinks, and he is what a lot of people thinks he is. If he stinks, then by domino effect, that's going to set AB off because he's not getting the ball enough. His quarterback stinks. Time to obliterate the team. So I agree. That's the nightmare scenario. When your best case scenario revolves around. Every other team in your division becoming a mash unit, that tells you a lot about the team. You got them at 4-12 and 12 still, maybe? 5-11. and 11. I'll be nice and give them 5-11. and 11. I, I'll be even nicer and give them six wins. I don't know how they're going to pull six wins out there, but, but I'm going to give them six wins. I'll give them six and ten. <laughs> so let's, let's move on to the Denver Broncos, who last season finished with a record of six and ten. Um, so trying to pick themselves up off the mat. They don't even have the same quarterback that they went into last season with. Um, what would you give them as far as off-season grades? Huh, man, uh, you, pick up Der- you pick up Drew Locke. You, fi- you find uh, Joe Flacco floating around in free agency. If you don't have a quarterback, if you have two quarterbacks, you know they say you have none. Drew Locke is a work in progress. John Elway has not ever – found a real quarterback that isn't named Peyton Manning. I don't think much will happen different. Um, I'll probably give them a, I'd probably give them a C Uh, again. uh, It comes down to quarterback. And if you can't secure that position, you are going to have a long, long season. All right. Um, I think we're pretty much in agreement here. Uh, Off season that, you know, that's mostly you anyway, because, since you dabble a lot, it's not even a dabble into the whole college thing. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know way more about guys that teams pick up in the off season, well, that aren't free agents than than most. 
So I'll always defer to you with that one. Give me a reason for optimism. With the reason for optimism? <laughs> Not named Von Miller. <laughs> Not named Von Miller. <laughs> well, okay, so reason for optimism. For me, I, I look at the, the additions to this team. You pick up Mike Munchak, Hall of Fame offensive line coach and Hall of Fame uh, player. So your running game should be pretty good. Your your offensive line should be pretty good. The problem for me is uh, your quarterback, again, is going to dictate a lot of that. Uh, Your rookies, Noah Fent and Draymond Jones, Dalton Risner, you met a lot. You, You really addressed a lot of issues. You know, that quarterback one's still just something that bothers me. Uh, so you, you address some issues. So this team is building, and it's building in the correct direction, albeit, again, that quarterback is that sore thumb. Yeah, like I say, every season, man, besides Peyton Manning falling into their lap, John Elway is the John Elway of picking quarterbacks on <laughs> onto the Broncos team. Like, Like, how can you – be so great at what you did, but you can't really get it right, you know, when you're when you're running the team. Hmm, that's how it is sometimes, man. Um, potential problems for this team. Potential quarterback, problems. Maybe. Quarterback. <laughs> quarterback. Quarterback. We can go down the li- quarterback. Guys in the back. Quarterback. Quarterback. Yeah. 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 Joe Flacco. He's he doesn't like. He loves t- throwing to the tight end. He doesn't like throwing to anybody else. Manuel Sanders, he's going to be – I mean, how much does he want to be there? Um, you lose guys like – you bring in guys like Kareem Jackson, Bryce Callahan. That's great. Uh, but, again, Drew Locke is the future. Do you really trust him to be the guy at some point this year? I mean wow. – mm. and, and Emmanuel Sanders, you brought him up. He's in a pretty tough position as well because – He's back from an Achilles injury way earlier than anybody expected. Like, barely 10 months later, mm-hmm. he's ready to go. Um, I'm, like, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, is he being rushed back? Or has modern medicine really gotten that he's crazy? Super, that, he's super that now geez. Achilles injuries are damn near like ACLs now. We can come <laughs> yeah. back that quickly. The only thing, because, you know, we've been slamming Joe Flacco a little bit. You know, Emmanuel Sanders is a pretty decent deep threat. As a matter of fact, Emmanuel Sanders does everything well to me. He He's built like Deshaun Jackson but could run 6,000 more routes than Deshaun Jackson. <laughs> but he's a very good deep threat. I don't know how that's going to play out coming off of an Achilles injury 10 months ago. But if he is 100% and he's still that same deep threat, at least there's a little bit of optimism to be had there because one thing Joe Flacco can do is throw the damn ball deep. So we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that and see how that works. But you know, when your guy is coming off that Achilles, like I'm I'm just not convinced. I'm not convinced. I'm gonna he's gonna have to show me. Um. So so I, so I can look at that as a reason for optimism and a potential problem. You know, the the injury being out there, but the fact that he's on the field, he could give Joe Flacco a lot of help in trying to be successful. Um, let, let's talk about the quarterbacks on this team. I mean, I, we, we've mentioned them before. 
and we and we talked about what we think of the whole thing. But how do you think this whole thing might play out? What what do you foresee? Huh. Flacco playing bad enough to actually get benched at some point? Flacco is in the sense very much like Alex Smith where he's safe enough to safe. Get keep you keep you just bad enough where you can't get enough get better draft picks and that guy that you drafted in the second round can develop behind him because they're very similar type quarterbacks. Six five, six six, big arm not great accuracy, love to throw to the tight end. Boy, those attributes sound a lot like uh, Drew Locke. Uh, mechanically, not, mechanically not the best. So, for me, let, run Joe Flacco in the ground, please. Because he's going to, he's going, he has a new toy in Noah Fent, first round tight end out of Iowa. He's going to be able to throw to him all day long. The defense can play, if you can run the ball with Phillip Lindsay. And play, and play good defense, I mean, this team, I don't – they're not going to make the playoffs or anything, but they'll make somebody's life hell. I mean, yeah. but – I was going to ask you, do you – would you describe Joe Flacco as a guy at this point in his career that's not necessarily going to lose you games, but he's not necessarily going to win you games either? Would that be a good yeah. description of him? Yes, he's yeah. the pro, he is the definition of bridge game-managing quarterback. That's that's exactly what he is. And no, most quarterbacks don't want either one of those labels. All right, so who's the most important person or player or position on this team that's not a quarterback? Most important, Mike Munchak. Again, offensive line. <laughs> he, I mean, we always say fat boys help win championships. This team ain't winning no championships. Let's be real about it. We know what the defense is going to bring. You know the the intensity that this team is going to bring on defense. They're built on that. Von Miller is not letting that happen any differently. So the offense, and I can relate to this team because my, my Miami Hurricane team is very similar. The offense is putrid, but the defense is, if this defense had a half-decent offense, I'd be afraid of this team. This is what this team is. So Mike Munchek is building this team from the inside out. And if they can run the football and make teams have to sweat it out with a, and cut games in half, you can have a chance. All right, you, you got a stat uh, stat to remember for this team? No stat to remember for this team. Uh, this team didn't deserve that, uh, to be honest, to be very uh, well, honest. I, I have a stat, and it's just a number. The number is two because we talked about it with the Raiders. <laughs> Denver Broncos um, are slated to have the second toughest strength of schedule <sighs> in the NFL. So another team is trying to pick themselves back up off of a 6-10 and ten mat. It's going to be a long, hard road because the schedule is not too favorable, you know, for them. So um, burning question for me is how effective, and it, this might be a trend. I mean, it, it is the NFL. It's a quarterback-driven league. I don't ever want to come off as cliche, but, but it's a quarterback-driven league. So my burning question, of course, revolves around the quarterback position. Joe Flacco, and if Joe Flacco ends up getting replaced, Drew Locke, like what are they going to get from that position? I mean, I know what Joe Flacco has in him, but it sounds like we're both in agreement that we really no longer believe in Joe Flacco anymore. So maybe 
a change of scenery, <laughs> a change of uh, uh, atmosphere, a change of altitude. Maybe that will do him well. So, you know, I'll, I'll sit back and wait for that question to be answered. You got any burning questions? Uh, kind of along the same lines. Quarterback, where where are we going? What is our direction? Are we just letting Drew Locke sit for the rest of the year and let him do the Carson the Carson Palmer thing, or is he going to? Are we going to just throw our hands in the air, Vic Bangio, and uh, and just say, look, it's been cool, Flacco, but that ring don't hold no bear over here in Denver. Not over here. <laughs> All right, best case, worst case scenarios. Uh, very, very similar. Um, Drew Lock. I mean, I'm sorry. Joe Flacco just becomes Baltimore's Joe Flacco, and he just leads his team to a just a crazy Baltimore, Baltimore yeah, playoff. Joe Flacco. Yeah, Baltimore playoff. Joe Flacco. He just has a Cause, crazy. Cause sometimes season. Baltimore Joe is not good enough either. Yeah, yeah. You have to <laughs> preface that playoff Baltimore Joe. Uh, worst case scenario. Um, it's it's a bad season. Injuries on defense, which means the depth is gone. Offense is going to be off the field very quickly. That means defense is on the field a lot, which means if defense is on the field a lot, there's a lot of points being scored on this team. And with the first pick in the NFL draft, the uh, <laughs> the Denver Broncos are either so are considering because they're going to give Drew Locke a chance. And in the in the era of of quarterbacks where the where the salary cap is a little bit different where for rookies now with the first pick, second pick, however you want to look at it in that top five to seven range, the Denver Broncos select Justin Herbert, um, Jordan Love, somebody that can, can be a trigger man if Drew Locke is not the guy. All right, so where do you, where do you have him finishing? Uh, same, I'd say around the same area. Um, if we're put, if we're putting the Raiders at five and 11, we'll say seven and nine, uh, for those Broncos. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with seven and nine, eight and eight. Um, I'm in a good mood this evening. Let's, let's call them, let's call them eight and eight. Uh, and no playoffs for the Denver Broncos. That's, that's All it. right, let's move it on to the Chargers. We're going into the strength of this division. These two teams here had great seasons last year. Uh, the Chargers coming off of a 12-4 and record. Uh, let me know, off-season grades, what do you think? Off-season grade, man. Uh, this one, this one's pretty simple for me. Uh, you, you really, you really have, you have, you have Thomas Davis brought him in at linebacker. Uh, you have Jerry Tillery from uh, Notre Dame bring him, bring him in to uh, solidify the interior of that defensive line. Joey Bosa's healthy again. Nasir Adderley is going to be huge now because uh, some a certain safety that was supposed to be next to him, uh, he went down, so he's going to be huge. Uh, I give this team a solid B. Uh, they lost some pieces. Uh, of course, Tyrell Williams, Corey Legit, uh, Stalwart, uh, Antonio Gates. It seems like he's going to come back at some point anyway. Jaleel Adai, uh, Darius Phylon. You lose some key pieces, some key depth pieces, which will show – uh, but 
And if Melvin Gordon's not there, that may change because that it's kind of pending. Because if Melvin Gordon ends up going away via trade because they don't want to pay him, ooh boy, ooh boy. Well, here we go. We could talk about Melvin in in just a second because we're gonna go into reasons for optimisms and potential problems. I know which side of that coin Melvin Gordon falls on. So let's start with reasons for optimism. Reason for optimism, if he is there, uh, this offense is really scary. I mean, these guys, they really they can move the ball up and down the field. They have Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Travis Benjamin, Hunter Henry when he's, he's now that he's going to be healthy again. Phillip Rivers is, is making plays. Uh, and also Melvin Gordon in the backfield, who has been a complete beast. Uh, you have all the pieces up front. Uh, you also have uh, Forrest Lamp. Uh, so you have some guys up, front, some 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 beasts up front to block for those for that running back that you need to pay. So right. you have all the offensive weapons, and the defense isn't too bad if if Derwin James comes back healthy. This team has a chance to continue. Um, they sure do. I'll go to the other side of that coin with the reason, well, the potential problems, and, you know, we just alluded to it a few seconds ago. Um, the what if, the what if Melvin Gordon is not there. So all the weapons that Phillip Rivers have on the outside to go to, it's going to be a little bit more pressure on those guys if they don't have that workhorse back there that's going to alleviate some of the pressure and make the passing game flow a little bit um, easier. I still think this team can be pretty good without Melvin Gordon, but you don't want to take the chance of being without Melvin, Melvin Gordon. So I agree with you. Like you, you got to pay that man. I know we're in a in a time where running backs are kind of being devalued. You don't really want to cough up that money. And even if you do end up coughing up that money, you want to give them a hard time before you do, just to kind of let them know where they stand. Um, But it's kind of teetering into that now or never territory for this team Mm -hmm. Um, with the, the aging quarterback that they have, even though he's playing lights out uh, at the moment, you got to give that man everything he needs to finally go out there and try to get one. So um, that is definitely a potential problem brewing for them if they don't cough up that dough for Melvin Gordon. Definitely. Uh, It needs to happen. It needs to happen. And I've never been an advocate of actually paying the running back big money. I'd rather go out and just get another guy. You know how I feel about running backs, especially I don't draft them high and we don't draft them high and we don't pay them a lot. Run them in the ground and rinse and repeat. It has worked for plenty of teams that won Super Bowls in New England, but hey, um, it's a different breed up there. So definitely want to see something different. All right, quarterback report. Let's talk about this aging veteran who's still playing at a lights-out clip right now. Phillip Rivers, what kind of season do you foresee for him? Whew, I mean, this 30-plus uh, touchdown season isn't out of uh, out of the realm of possibility. I'm thinking <laughs> it should be an expectation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm thinking maybe 40. 42 to 4,500 yards, 35 touchdowns. Maybe he's a gunslinger, so let's say 10 to 15 picks. 
but I mean that's that's a that's a top five quarterback for me. So um, very good year. I think Philip Rivers has for a while. I thought maybe he's dropping off. Uh, he's not dropping off. If his defense gave him a chance last year, I, I, we might be talking about a different Super Bowl champion. All right. Um, most important player, not named Philip Rivers on this team. Derwin James. <laughs> and I, I know you're saying how he's not going to play for at least at least six weeks. Uh, six or I'm sorry, yeah, three six months. That, that his importance might be gauged in that six weeks. Yeah, he <laughs> see the thing is, last the offense isn't the problem. In the playoffs against my Patriots, the Patriots literally decided you're not going to beat us with this little defense, this little man defense. They tried to play five to seven DBs on the field, and you know what you do when you see that? You run the ball down their throat. Or you literally just spread the field and say, look, if you go small, we'll go big. If you go big, we'll go small. And we're going to go up and down the field on you. Well, the problem is Derwin James had to cover guys that he normally wouldn't, doesn't have to cover. He needs to be able to cover your best tight end, your best. He should be able to help double on some guys, spy the, spy the quarterback, or cover those James White type guys uh, out of the backfield. So, He's not there anymore. So now what do you do? You don't have Jaleel Adai anymore. So now you have Nasir Adderley. He has to be the guy. But he's he's more of the free Shout state. out to Nas. Exactly. <laughs> but, you know, what is he? he – you can't put him in the box because now who's going to play over the top? If you put him in the box, we're going bombs away all game. I don't care what team you're playing with. So th- that puts your, team, your defense in a bind. All right. So um... – We'll go back to I don't know if you have a stat for them or not because I don't at the at the present time, but I do have a burning question for this team, and my question um revolves around the fat boys up front. This offensive line is not as far as individuals go it, it you know the names aren't they don't jump out at you there's not a lot of depth on this offensive line uh Arguably their best offensive lineman, left tackle Russell Okun. He had a pulmonary embolism uh, this summer, um, so you you wonder about his health uh, long term going forward. Um, everybody that's you know that, that's considered quote unquote depth are either unproven or just not that good. So if we're talking about Philip Rivers and the season that we expect him to have, does it bring you any pause? Is it a burning question for you? Is like how the hell are these guys going to protect him in order to keep him upright to have the kind of season that we expect him to have? Yeah, it does because I remember a couple of years ago, Philip Rivers would snap the ball, and the second he snapped the ball, his center was stepping on his foot. <laughs> And that's a problem. I mean, your center shouldn't be getting completely blasted like that. And that's just attributed to lack of depth on the offensive line. Uh, you do have um, you do have Mike Pouncey out there, so that helps. But um, for me, I think Phillip Rivers. I think they've they've got they've gotten the ball out a lot quicker. They've gotten a little bit more balance. And usually, if you have a team that's a little bit more balanced with the football offensively you can you can have a chance but 
Uh, if if they have any injuries up front for a prolonged uh, period, it's going to be a problem. Uh, Phillip Rivers has a very awkward or slow release. It's not one of those. It's not a Brady. It's not a. It's not even a Kyler Murray-ish release where it just gets out of there. So you have to protect him long enough where he can kind of make things happen. <laughs> those funky mechanics. Um, do you have a stat for this team? I don't. I don't. Be, for me, for me, actually, I do. Three to six. The sooner uh, Derwin James can get back, more like three, and hopefully he can. He's even eighty percent of who he is, who he was last year, coming back from injury. That will determine a lot. Uh, because we, it's, you usually say in football, one player doesn't determine a team, but he does so much. He's very much like a, he, this, that safety tandem reminds me of what Sean Taylor and LeBron Landry were talked about to be in Washington right. earlier on because they were so interchangeable. And right. because you, it's very, it's very rare to see interchangeable safeties. Where usually you have one guy that plays over top, one guy that plays underneath, uh, cleaning up everything, and he's more of an in-the-box guy. And then you have more of the Earl Thomas type. Well, both of these guys can do a little bit of both. So, but you don't want you want Derwin James being able to be the the utility knife. Uh, he should be the guy that uh, he should be able to got, be the guy that can play over top. He can he can pick up the guys like a Travis Kelsey. He can also guard the guys like a Tyree Kill underneath and just make him wish he never went over the middle. <laughs> All right, so um, best case, worst case scenarios, and your prediction for this team. Best case scenario, the Chargers pay Melvin Gordon. He's happy. Uh, no injuries, and Derwin James comes back at least 80%, and they can hide him on defense a little bit until he can fully get healthy. And call it, you know how they, you know what they say, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And they end up in the AFC Championship game, where they'll probably lose again because I'm not. We know what kind. You know who's on the other side of that. Uh, but the worst case scenario, Melvin Gordon isn't there. They're having to throw the ball a ton, and you're expecting Phillip Rivers to carry you for a season. He's the, he's good. I'm not willing to to bet that a team like that to win. Uh, deep into the playoffs because you're going to a cold-weather city, whether it's New England or Pittsburgh, in a situation like that, you have to be able to run the football late in the year. All right. Um, This may sound weird. Um, I see at least the potential for this team to be even better than they were last season. Ooh, that's scary. But, But I still have them winning one less game. (laughs) <laughs> than they won last season. So That's I have awesome. eleven and five. So it's not because they won't be even better. I just think the division is going to be a little bit stronger. So they'll, you know, maybe one or two somewhere and or out of the division, of course, where they can drop a game or two that they may not be expected to drop. But it'll happen, even though I think that – they have a better shot once they get into the playoffs than they did last season. So I'm gonna go eleven and five with the uh with the Chargers. Uh I'm I'm very close to you. Uh ten and six. I think Derwin James, if he can if he can come back and again be eighty percent of who he is, 
it's it's going to be tough, but if they can grind some games out, keep that defense off the field, uh, I, I can see this team winning 10 games. All right. Well, let's move on to the division champions, and we gotta we got to speed it up. We're taking way right. too long on one division. Um, let's go to <laughs> the Kansas City Chiefs, who finished last season at 12-4, and four, uh, came out of the gates like gangbusters. Their quarterback had craziest year <laughs> that we've seen from a quarterback in a while. Um, the pressure's all on him, I think, to see if he can 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 duplicate that season or or even come close to it because we all know that the NFL is not going to sit idly by and do nothing defensively mm-hmm. while you just continue to, you know, destroy the league as if it's easy. So coming off a 12-4 and season, what is, uh, what is their off-season grade for this team? Off-season grade for this team is an I'd give this team a an A. I mean, it's you go you lose huge pieces. You lose D Ford and Justin Houston. You lose your center. You lose Eric Berry. You lose Kareem Hunt, who should have been that would have put you over the top. You also lose Orlando Skandrick in the secondary, so you got to replace a ton of pieces, right? So you go out and get Frank Clark. Tyron Matthew, Rashard Breeland. I mean, Tyron Matthew's huge. That's going to be huge. That's going to be fun to see on defense. And you go get Carlos Hyde, the one thing you needed, a running back. Uh, you also go get Juan Thornhill, a good safety. Miko Hartman, who in the uh, that was their insurance if Tyree Kill did not come back. He's a Tyree Kill clone. Uh, so those are huge pieces. I give them an A because they addressed every issue that, that hurt them, defense and running game. Right, so not like you said. Not only do they get Hyde, but of course they got Darwin Thompson um, with the 214th pick. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't see. For me, it's still a shame to me, you know, the whole Kareem Hunt situation and the fact that you know he got jettisoned off of this team. This is kind of a team, even if you didn't root for them, just because of the excitement of the game, you kind of wanted to see them stick together and see what they could do mm-hmm. with the talent level they had. You know, he leaves. I don't think that the talent level drops off significantly, but it's just when you used to say all of those names together, you know, Tariq Hill. It's a juggernaut. It's Travis Kelsey. It just was scary <laughs> to think about. And I, I would like to see, I would have liked to seen them be able to stick together at full strength and see if Andy could get him one. You know, I'm always, you know, rooting for Andy. If 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 my team can't do it, I wouldn't mind Andy finally breaking through and getting one because he's one Super Bowl win away from his, from his narrative totally changing. Like, he's automatically looked at by everybody as a Hall of Fame coach as soon as he wins that one big game. So I'd like to see that for him. I think he's deserving. But, um, you know, it's going to be some stiff competition out there. And, and like I said, the pressure is on his young quarterback to see if he can do it again. So what are your reasons for optimism? Reason for optimism. Did a great job in replacing all of these guys? Yeah, uh, my reason for optimism, Pat Mahomes, the the Pat Mahomes-Andy Reid connection, the quarterback and the quarterback whisperer. 
these two guys together make great music, okay? And if these two are, if these two stay together, I hope Andy Reid stays around for about 15 more years. I I know I root for the team in New England, but I love this connection as far as quarterback coach, and it's hard to root against it. I mean, it's fun to watch. I mean, he's a cheat code. I mean, it's hard to root against it until about uh, the AFC championship game. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about the regular season. (laughs) Then it's it's time to turn on him. Two minutes left. Yeah, it's a great game. And AFC championship game? Nope, nope. It's all ball bets are off, but yeah, this is a it's a great connection, and it just seems like they know what each other's thinking, and they have this telepathic thing going on. I mean, I, I I'm convinced that Andy Reid was telling him what who to throw it to in his helmet, even though we know the the mics are off. That's even how he, the mic was he, off. <laughs> yeah, that's how we know he was. That's how those no look passes were happening. He's like, oh, throw it to the throw it. He's he's wide open. Just just don't even turn your head. You got this. So, you know, it's going to be – it's a very, very fun thing. It makes you wonder, man, what what was Donovan McNabb doing? Because, I mean <laughs> – No, nah, but, but Andy even I – think, I think Andy did his greatest job then because, I mean, he did such a great job with Donovan McNabb that even in 2019 you still got people out there arguing that this dude should be a Hall of Famer. So <laughs> you saw what happened to him, how he mm-hmm. fell off a cliff the moment he left from under Andy Reid. But, you know, a lot of people, it doesn't matter. You produce what you produce. So there's a lot of, you know, people out there arguing for him. Do you see any potential problems for this team? Yes. Uh, the Two things, running game and the defense. <laughs> you can say all these names, but how do they gel? Uh, the defense, right. the has, defense has a lot better. to prove. You know, defense has, were last season. has to improve. You cannot be in shootouts every single game uh, because when it when it comes and you have to be more disciplined. I still say to this day, I think D four he D four deserves a Super Bowl ring. He didn't even play for my team, but he deserves a Super Bowl ring because without him having one hand across the line of scrimmage, my my Patriots never go to play in the Super Bowl and win a sixth Super Bowl. Discipline on defense. Yeah, and, you know, even, like, you talk about discipline. Even from a talent perspective, you look at that secondary. Like, there's not a lot of cornerback depth. Like, you have Mm -hmm. your starters. You have um, Breland, Ward, Fuller. Mm -hmm. Um, But but what are you doing behind them is the question for me. I mean, we know how a grueling NFL season goes, and we know it's hard to keep everybody healthy. That's not like – that's not a unit that you're going to be afraid of to begin with. So what are we doing behind them is my, you know, my issue, my cause for potential problems, and I guess my burning question at the same time. What the hell are you going to do behind those guys as far as depth is concerned? Some people better get good right away or it's going to be, it's going to be a problem. Um, talk about your guy, man. Talk about talk about this 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 quarterback guy. Like you know, I've, I've heard some things about him. Give me your quarterback report, man. Pat Mahomes. I I typically have a rule when it comes to Texas Tech quarterbacks: don't even waste your time. But this one was a he's a he's a unicorn. He this probably will never happen again. And we talked about these air raid offenses and how they don't work and all the things that you shouldn't do 
And he comes into the league and just destroys the league. And we said, oh, he has a big arm. That's it. Nah, he 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 sees the field so well. Uh, Fifty touchdowns, five thousand oh five thousand ninety seven yards, sixty six complete uh, percent completion, only twelve interceptions. He didn't throw his first pick until what week six, something like that. So, for me, it this man is just he's a beast. He's a beast, and then you have a coach that can coach him up. Usually you don't get that. You don't get a guy that can truly coach a, a good young quarterback prodigy up. And uh, to the point, this man's on the cover of the Madden video game. I mean, you don't get that usually for a couple of years. I mean, he was flashy enough to get that. Uh, he had a, he was He's won an MVP in his first real season playing. Uh, what else can you say? I mean, the man is making no-look passes like he's, like he's dropping dimes off in an NBA game. So, I mean, I want to see more. I really want to see more. All right, so who's the most important player on this team that's not a quarterback? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill because, I mean, he it was on the, on the other end of a lot of big plays. He is, he is to the Chiefs what Randy Moss was to the New England Patriots in 2007. He is the most dangerous player on the field. He can take it to the house at any point, whether it's a run. He can catch, he can go in the backfield. He can run the football. He can catch a screen and take it 80. He can do anything you want. And just when you think you got him locked up, he gets Pat Mahomes starts scrambling around and throws some no-look pass, and he just takes it 60 anyway. And by the way, he's going to high-five somebody halfway down the field because no one's going to catch him. So – you, if you take him off the field, who's who are you afraid of? Travis Kelsey, a rookie named Miko Hartman, who was supposed to be the insurance policy, or are you really afraid of Sammy Watkins taking over games? I'm afraid Sammy Watkins' hamstring going to pop. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Um, um, Travis Kelsey, he, he different monster. You know, you got to respect. Travis what he's able to do. Yeah, you know, you got to respect the middle of the field and what Travis can bring. But Sammy Watkins, um, a a ball of talent, but just has yet to be able to show and prove in this league. Like, Sammy Watkins is supposed to be Tariq Hill, you know, with all the hype he Mm -hmm. came into the league. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be Tariq Hill. Luckily, he has a Tariq Hill lined up across the, the field from him which can, you know, free him up to, to to do something, you know, to be a little more than he's been. Um, still a, still a uber-talented team, no matter how you look at it. Um, you got any stats on this team? Yeah, definitely. Uh, 50 touchdowns – I'm sorry, 16. So the number 16 is relevant here because the, there were only two quarterbacks that have thrown – for 50-plus touchdowns, that is Tom Brady, and that is Peyton Manning. Uh, the following season, they threw 16 less touchdowns. So if that is my if my math uh, if my math is right, you're still you're, you're, that quarterback touchdown rating is going to go down significantly. I don't think it's going to go down like that, but I think teams are going to try to defend this team a little bit differently. And subsequently, you may have to run the ball a little bit more. And adding guys like Carlos Hyde, adding guys like Derwin Thompson, I think you'll be able to do that. And, yeah, you may take a little bit of a hit 
uh, as far as your fantasy numbers, because that's all we care about when we talk about touchdowns, right? So from a quarterback, that is. So that number is going to go down. I think you'll see more of like maybe like 40. I don't think it's going to be drastic like 16, but I think it could be like 40, 45, 45 touchdowns, maybe like 10 picks. Light work, okay. light work. A little, little bit of light work there. Um, so let's go best case, worst case scenario, and let me know where you think this team is going to finish. Best case scenario, uh, Frank Clark doesn't repeat what D4 did and doesn't actually put his hand on the wrong side of the line. Somehow, some way, they slay the dragon that is the New England Patriots. I'd rather not even I, – I don't want to lose to him. Uh, I'd rather just lose in the second round. I don't want to lose like that. But, hey, whatever it is, it is what it is. Uh, but – and, the, and the, the Chiefs go on to a Super Bowl, and presumably if they play anybody not named the Rams or the Saints or the Eagles, they're going to blow them out. So, um, yeah, that's your – you have a Super Bowl champion. Worst case scenario, and we the dreaded injury bug and Madden curse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat Mahomes goes down, and well, season over. Yeah, like I said, D Ford got to keep his hands on the right side of the line. Um, all of their important role players need to keep their hands on the right side of their women and the right side of their children, <laughs> so nobody else gets in trouble again. Because you know, along with the injury worst-case scenarios. It's just the, the off-the-field stuff. Like, Tariq Hill, like, Tariq Hill, I think, has been afforded a luxury. I think he got off. I think he's lucky. So, dude, take your blessing and 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 get some act right. Because uh-huh. you could easily be in a situation that Kareem Hunt, you know, found himself in last season. Because even though he's with the much-hyped Cleveland Browns, when he does come back, I just have a feeling he'd still much rather be with those guys over there in Kansas City who's ready to win now and not, you know, just out on a, all right, let us prove that we even belong type season that the the Cleveland Browns are about to be on. Um, I got them – funny, funny thing, you know, it's funny how things go. I I have them – I'm going to keep them right where they were. I'm going to keep them at 12-4, and four, um, still winning this division. Um, like you said, best-case scenario, this team can get hot at the right time, end up as Super Bowl champions. Um, but 12-4 and four is, is what I'm going to give them. So that is it for the AFC West. We're going to take it up north. We're going to go, we're going to go up north, and we're going to start that division. I've been waiting on this one. The, with the – Last season, 6-10 and ten Cincinnati Bengals. A team, in my estimation, for the last few seasons, like they just can't produce and win games at a clip that's commensurate with the talent on the team. So I, I don't know what it is, but we're going to find out. We're going to dig into it right now. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, 6-10, and ten, off-season report. What did they do to get better? Uh, I'm not sure they did because when you look at this team, um, I don't see where you can get better at, as far as um, you lose, you lose, you change head coaches. AJ Green goes down. Uh, your left tackle that you drafted in the first round goes down. Uh, this is a D minus. 
I mean, I just don't see where this team is getting better. Uh, and you still have Andy Dalton, so that instantly drops you from <laughs> a C minus to a D minus. You still have Andy Dalton. Damn, can't write it, my man. Andy's neck. Um, <laughs> well, give me a reason for optimism. Sounds like it's not Andy Dalton. It's definitely not out. Uh, it's definitely not Andy Dalton. Um, this offensive line's terrible. Uh, so you got to get it on defense. Uh, Geno Atkins and, and that crew on the defensive line are going to have to do a hell of a job. A hell of a job. They have they have talent. They have talent. But the problem is, you're gonna they're, they're going to struggle. They're going to struggle on both sides of the ball. New coach, new system, new defense, new everything. And by the way, you're still in the same division as an improving Browns team, um, Steelers team, and Ravens team, which they're, they have their own set of issues. And there's not a lot of optimism here. I, there's no rainbows here. It's just it, it's a glass-half-empty approach. All right. Um, potential problems. Are there a lot of them? Whew. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line quarterback um these are all bad uh you lose your you lose jonah williams he's out andy dalton's still your quarterback and zach taylor's your head coach who's going to try to implement some things that he did uh back at in his tcu days bring in some rpo stuff uh trying to get the ball out quicker but andy dalton's still andy dalton he's he's just a lesser version of alex smith he'll get you just far enough where you can't go draft that next to uh, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, you can't draft that guy because you're drafting like 15, 12 to 15, which is definitely not good enough. Or should I say bad enough? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think there's uh, – I don't, I don't want to just straight up diss him and say, you know, one potential problem or the fact that they're the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals, but <laughs> – but that's the kind of thing, like, year after year, even when this team was successful for, you know, for for the Bengals, you know what I'm saying, making the playoffs, not winning a round. It's like this team sometimes just can't get out of its own way, even when the talent was, you know, near tops in the league. Um, let's talk about the quarterback. Let's talk about Andy Dalton. It sounds like you've – totally lost any confidence you may have ever had in Andy Dalton. What do you see from him this season? Uh, what do I see from Andy Dalton? A lot of short passes, a lot of uh, a, a lot of throws to, uh, potential throws to John Ross, who decides a new number means a new me. I don't know how that – it sounds like that whole – New Year, new me thing that people do, and it doesn't. And you're the same guy, same person. You still eat cheeseburgers and you know do a lot of bad things. Yeah, that's the it's very much the same. Um, Andy Dalton set set career highs in completion percentage last year, passer rating, and touchdown to interception ratio. But this team's still bad. You know, and that was in it 2015. It kind of seems to me, Fred. It seems like everybody's doing that though. So it's like if if everybody's kind of going along that same path, then it's when you have to start looking at the game as a whole. <laughs> yeah. Just how quarterback play and offenses are run in today's game. Because you look at some quarterbacks, and 
you're like, okay, eye test tells me that this guy is not that good or he didn't have that good of a season. Then you go mm-hmm. look at the statistics, you're like, well, everybody's throwing at such a high clip. No, it's because everybody's dinking and dunking a little bit. We're throwing bubble screens. Um, it's a bubble oh, screen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's the thing. And, this, and that's another thing in this league. A lot of teams just rely on their playmakers. Like, look, I'm going to get the ball, the ball to my playmaker, you know, or my playmakers, one yard in front of the line of scrimmage, at the line of scrimmage, behind the line of scrimmage. I'm going to let him do and let them do what they do. Mm-hmm. And quarterbacks, their numbers are looking great for it. But when you, you know, when we're given the eye test, dive into those a lot of these guys are right. Yeah, like they, they're not cutting it. But then you look at their numbers, like, damn, they're throwing damn near 70%. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird, man. It's, it's, I think it's the changes in the game, though. Definitely, definitely is. Uh, quarterback play is not the same. And the big boy, we know, and you can see the difference in the big boys and the the little guy, or as I call it, the tractors and the trailers. Andy Dalton's a trailer, man. He's, he needs a bunch of weapons to make him even remotely serviceable. And if A.J. Green isn't out there and it doesn't seem like he's coming back anytime soon, it's going to – do you trust Tyler Boyd to be the guy? I don't. Right, 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 right. So – with this team, um, well, who's, who who do you have as the most important player that's not a quarterback? Non-quarterback, Joe Mixon. <laughs> you give him the ball a lot, a lot. <laughs> leave some of that pressure off of that. Le'Veon Bell 2.0, and I and I and I no disrespect to Le'Veon Bell, but they're very similar players. Uh, big, tall, strong running back, and. Uh, very patient at the line. As long as he can keep his hands off females, he's going to have a pretty good year. All right. And he's complimented. He's going to be a, he's going to be fine. Uh, he was top five in the league in rushing yardage. So yeah, he'll be a fine. He'll be fine. Uh, the offensive line. He'll have to. It's the offensive line that's going to have a problem. But he's a playmaker. Yeah. He's a definite playmaker. Yeah, because when you brought him up, that took me into my burning question, and it's the same as it was for the for the Chargers. And it might be even, you know, more of a concern on this team because their offensive line has been probably their biggest weakness for the last two to three seasons. So, you know, you lose uh, Clint Bowling to he retired. Um, you lose a Jonah Williams to shoulder surgery. Um, it's it's like can this can this offensive line be good enough, you know, with losing those guys to make a jump from what they've done the last two to three seasons because without those guys up front, especially on a team like this, it's going to be hard to get anything done because you don't have that dynamic playmaker, you know, behind center that's going to make things happen without a ton of help. So they need these guys to step up. Definitely. Uh, this offensive line definitely has to step up. And uh, it, I, do you really think, for me, when I look at this offensive line, not only in division, but uh, your your out of division opponents all have good pass rushers. The Steelers, in in particular, have that other Watt kid who's really, really making me rem- kind of want to forget about JJ a little bit, just a little bit, <laughs> not a lot, just a little bit. And um. That that team over in Cleveland, they got that Miles Garrett guy. Well, 
he's a top five pass rusher. He's going to get his. So, uh, and the Ravens, you know, they, they're going to bring pressure how they want to. So you're going to have teams coming right at your head. This team, this team is really not a, this team isn't a playoff team. This team is a top 10 draft pick type team that might want to go after some real, they might want to go after some help on that defensive line. I'm, I'm sorry, on that offensive line. Um, I think and there's some good to. ones. There, and there's some good ones. There's some good ones. But we'll and we'll talk draft way later. But there's some good ones, and they may want to invest in that. All right, best case, worst case scenarios, and your overall prediction for Cincy. Best case scenario for um, they need they need Jesus, God, Holy Spirit, <laughs> all of that, and still some help. Uh, this team is is a bad team. This team's gonna be. This team might not even touch five wins. Uh, worst case scenario, you can't get any worse than what they are at right now in division. They are the bottom of the bottom. Um, and prediction four and twelve, and that's me being yeah. very generous. Worst worst case scenario, they're gonna be the Bengals. Um, I'm gonna give them five wins. Ooh, uh, you're generous. I'm not that generous. I'm, I'm gonna give them five wins. Um, I, hey, I actually wanted to give them six wins, uh, you know, six to seven. But first of all, AJ Green being out is is a is a big blow. AJ Green is somebody who doesn't get his just due, probably because of who he plays for and who he plays with. On any other team with a with a you know top ten quarterback or so, AJ Green gets mentioned with the Giants of the league. He once uh-huh. did when when Andy Dalton, you know, tried to give us some hints that he could play this game. Um, I think he's regressed ever since. And A.J. Green, you know, if your quarterback's regressing, you really have no choice but to regress. That's why I always say wide receiver is the most dependent position in the sport because you go as this guy goes. If this guy's a stud and and you're a stud, then – your numbers are going to prove that. Even if you're a stud and your quarterback's a bum, then you're going to have some mediocre campaigns. You know, see the middle of of Larry Fitzgerald's career. You know what I'm saying? Like, you go as basically the quarterback goes. Mm-hmm. But with him being out, if he misses a huge amount of time, like, this team really in trouble offensively. But, uh, yeah, I'll give him five. I'll give him five. By the way, looking at this schedule, uh, first eight games, Seattle, San Fran, and Buffalo, just to start. Those are some tough defenses. I mean, you get the Steelers next. You, The Cardinals aren't terrible on defense. Um, then you get the Ravens and the Jags and the, and the Rams. I might see one win in there, and that's the Cardinals only because of Kyler Murray. Yeah, I'm, I'm, figuring, I'm figuring Buffalo to be a top five defense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Buffalo year, gave us so. problems last year, and and I don't want to see any more of Tremaine Edmonds. So I don't like a six five linebacker who can run. is scary. So yeah, I this team could win one game, maybe no game. This team could be zero and eight. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go from that to maybe the most hyped team. Of the of the off season, and a lot of the hype may have come from them <laughs> themselves. Talk about the Cleveland Browns. Um, last season, their record was seven, eight, and one. 
Um, this team is on the cover of Sports Illustrated as we speak. Um, that could be either a good thing or a bad thing. In years past, it's proven to be a bad thing for a lot of people when you put people there. Like, the only time you want to be on Sports Illustrated is after you win the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. Because then there's no curse. There's nothing to prove. You're on that cover because of what you already accomplished. When you get there and it's just the league and the media and yourselves hyping you, that could, you know, that could turn out a whole different way. So, off-season grade for the Cleveland Browns. Off-season grade is, um, for me, when I look at how you've brought in, you bring in pieces like Odell Beckham Jr., you bring in pieces uh, like like uh, Antonio Callaway back from, from suspension, you bring in uh, guys like Kareem Hunt. I mean, you essentially put together a bit of a super team. Um, and we remember the dream last team. time we saw Dream Team, yeah. If you, <laughs> the last time we saw a Dream Team, that that didn't go over too well. Uh, yeah, you bring in Sheldon. You bring in Sheldon Richardson. I love that pick. He he for a guy that travels around the league as much as he has, been very been pretty good. Morgan Burnett, a big hitting box safety, a dinosaur. I mean, I'm sorry, I, I'm sorry, I had to call him that, but you know, he's a dinosaur. Uh, Olivier Vernon, he, he compliment Miles Garrett. That's great. You did lose Jabril Peppers. That sucked. Uh, but got the guys that you lost, Rashard Perryman, he can't, he couldn't catch a cold. That's no, we're we're trying to get rid of him. Emmanuel Ogba, we're we're trying to get rid of him. He doesn't fit. But you get Greedy Williams, one of to me the best corner in this class, a press man corner, long arms, six one. He had some off the field stuff, but pair him with Denzel Ward, you might have one of the top corners tandems in the league. You also have. Matt Wilson, uh, he had some stuff that he had to deal with. That kind of hurt him in the draft, but he's going to be a big piece for them. And, of course, you got Odell Beckham Jr., Mr. I Can Catch It with one hand, and, and we still all we all we know about you is, is that still. That's what we remember about you, so we still think you're the best receiver in the league. And one Max mm-hmm. Kellerman says he's the most talented receiver he's ever seen. Randy Moss, Calvin Johnson, Julio Jones, uh, Jerry Rice. I can keep going. But that's the disrespect that's the is real. Yeah, the disrespect. <laughs> the disrespect's real. The disrespect is real. I give them a B. That, though. I definitely give them a B. Yeah, that's a, that's a part of the you know the the hyping of the Cleveland Browns. Now, reason for optimism? Hey, everything that you just named, like they had a very solid, if not very good, off season. So, when you're the Cleveland Browns and you're used to you know, not living up to any expectations you may have, all the way to the point where people just stop having expectations for you altogether, you know, to what you've done now, it's a very, very, very great cause for optimism. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not excited to see the Cleveland Browns play. I will be tuned in to see the Cleveland Browns play to see if they can live up to some of this hype that they've been getting. So I see a big reason for optimism on this team. You? Yeah, I see I see where the optimism comes from. All of the skill guys, but 
You know what this team reminds me of? It, it, it's been a while. It's been what two years or so. You know, you and I got I got to pick on you a little bit. You know, remember that Giants team that everybody thought they have all these weapons. They have mm-hmm. Odell. They had they had Odell. They had Evan Ingram. They have these running backs, and Eli is gonna have all these this time. And I said, <laughs> offensive did not, line. Did not pick them. Did not pick them to win the division. <laughs> Caution. Sir, don't do that again. But that's what, this like is what this team reminds me of. So many, you have names, but when we start throwing the bullets, start flying, and Baker Mayfield, who didn't beat anybody, and when it mattered the most, couldn't knock off the Ravens of all teams. Couldn't knock off the Ravens. They're replacements, you know. Um, that's for me what what bothers me about this team. I, I see names. I see potential, but I hate that word potential. And the offensive line is led by none other than uh number two overall offensive line draft pick, Greg Robinson, who was a complete bust for the Rams. He's still floating around the NFL. Yeah. All right. So potential problems. Offensive line come crashing to a halt. Okay, of course, of course, you know, if your fat boys aren't up to up to par, up to speed, but could this thing come crashing to a halt because of the Eagles, because of the talent? Yeah, You're already see, making dream team. There's this we guy. Know how that played he, out. My trigger man should never get too high. He should never get too low. Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I love Baker Mayfield. I love Baker Mayfield because he's Johnny Manziel without the drinking. And all the all the party, <laughs> he I mean he can he can throw one that he can kick one back like the, with the best of them, but he's not like all into the drugs and stuff. But Baker Mayfield is just such a he's a he's just fun to watch. Um, but what happens when he there's only one football and when like you said the, the personalities when Odell who's a bit of a crybaby when his best friend Jarvis Landry who I think will be the be the more productive receiver not the better receiver productive receiver this coming season because Jarvis yeah. is going to play in the slot a lot more. He's going to get the 10, 10 balls a day. I'm sorry, 10 balls a game where as Odell's going to be the big high, he's the Ferrari, uh, but, but Odell's the Ferrari, but Jarvis, he's like, he's like the, he's the Corolla, you know, he's the, he's the Camry. He's the, he's the every day to work. He's he going to get you to work. He's going to get you point A, point B. We de- I mean, he's been there since college. He's going to get you there. But Odell, he's the guy that when you made it, you know, I got to show off the Ferrari. I got to pull up in the Rari and, and and stun a little bit. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so, yeah, of course, there's there's always potential for problems. Quarterback, Baker Mayfield, you just mentioned him. You brought him up. Um, what do you see from him this season? Because I see a lot of people out there who really, really believe in Baker Mayfield already. Like last season, you know, we heard the the keywords and stuff. Oh, he's a gamer. He's this and that. He kind of proved that he could be a little more than that. But I would be a little cautious to just go ahead and crown him as one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL already because if you look at where their wins came from and some of his better games came from. They didn't really come from any of the, you know, good teams in the NFL. But I see a lot of people out there 
who have a lot of confidence in Baker Mayfield, what say you? Are you one of those people? Uh, nah, not really. I think he's a good quarterback. I've seen I've seen some 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 of my 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 NFL colleagues putting him up there as far as a top five quarterback. Right. I'm not That's even it. willing to put him in the top ten, much less the top five. Show uh, improve, man. Show improve. Houston, he threw five, three picks in a loss. Granted, he threw 400 yards, but that's a bunch of empty yardage when you lose by uh, thir- by 16 points. Uh, la- last game of the season, you lose by two. You threw three picks. You threw for uh, th- just under 300, just over 375 yards. But they come again in losses. You didn't beat anybody. You beat the Ravens early in the year. Okay, great, but you lost when it mattered. You didn't beat, you didn't beat Pittsburgh. You didn't beat Kansas City. You you didn't beat Houston, and you didn't beat Baltimore when it mattered. You beat the likes of a Cam Newtonless uh, Panthers team. You beat a a Denver team that wasn't all that great. You barely beat them by one. Cincinnati Even wasn't that, all that, that tie. Great. That tie yeah, with Pittsburgh. You, like you tied Pittsburgh when Pittsburgh did everything. They they did as much as I've ever seen a team do, do to, to, to try to give away up. a game, and you still couldn't take it. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean they they got they definitely got work to do. I mean I'm what you call a tough crowd, and I think you're a part of that tough crowd as well. Mm-hmm. So I'm not ready to crown dude. Hell, if your man Mahomes didn't win the MVP, I'd have a hard time saying he was a top five quarterback at this point. But what he did last season was a little bit different because not only did he light up the league, but every time those tests came, we were like, all right, we want to see him in this situation. Mm-hmm. He got into that situation, he passed the test. And yeah. he kept doing it time and time again as the season went on and the season got a little more difficult for those guys. And, you know, everything shook out and we realized that the Chiefs' defense wasn't going to be shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> he stepped up and, and passed every test that there was to pass. So with him, you kind of got to give him the benefit of doubt, plus on top of the fact that he won the league MVP. So, you know, you got to be you got to have a little more leeway for a guy like that. But Baker Mayfield, no, I'm not ready to crown you yet because you play well against some bad teams. You show promise. He definitely showed promise. But, it, it, you know, we're going to have to wait and see. He's definitely going to have to show me a little bit more. I mean, he has the weapons. He has the weapons, so on both sides man. of the ball. Yeah, so it's like it's, it's going to be hard for you to have us, you know, to go out there and just stink it up. Like if you go out there and stink it up with the weapons you got, then you you just really stink. <laughs> and I don't think he stinks, so so we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll see how that how that's going to play out. So who do you think is the most important player on this team? Not named Baker Mayfield. Most important player not named Baker Mayfield is probably, and I hate saying it because I hate making everything about Odell Beckham Jr., but he is, again, very much like Antonio Brown and Terrell Owens, their predecessor. They are what my guy Skip Bayless calls a team obliterator. If I'm not getting enough passes my way, I cry and I cry and I cry and it kills team chemistry. But if I'm, if I would, he is, he is exactly what we, to use the basketball analogy, he's Carmelo Anthony. I'm good with 35 and and a loss, but I, but I'm, I'm not good with with dropping 20 and a win. 
you know. Yeah, so. to, first of all, let me come to my man Mello. Shout out to Mello. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 love I, Mello, I definitely folks. get what you're saying. I'm looking at this team, and I'm thinking, okay, they have enough talent, though, to overcome uh, a crybaby meltdown by Odell Beckham. But, but, there's a big but there. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. <laughs> there's a big but there. Talent versus experience. This is still a young mm. team. Bingo. So it might not just be a talent thing. You know what I'm saying? He might be able to get into everybody's mind, just like you said. You know, he can he can kind of mess up team chemistry. Like I said, I think they have the talent to say, all right, man, forget this dude, let's ball. But do they have the mental fortitude to say, forget this dude, let's ball? Me, I think the most important player is that monster beast on the other side. That's oh, that unicorn. Faster, that, that young monster beast. Miles what Davian Clowney should have um, been, yeah. Right, right. And I, I just think he has to keep the pressure on these quarterbacks, um, cause turnovers, wreak havoc, get this team off the field, you know, get his defense off the field, keep his offense on the field so Baker Mayfield can be out there long enough to have time to spread it around and keep all of his crap, I mean, his wide receivers happy. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to come down to the monster beast and what he does to basically inspire, encourage, and hype the rest of his defense to go out there and raise their level to where his is. Mm-hmm. And they got to the pass offense on the field. That's that's the that's the key, man. You gotta you gotta have him out there wreaking havoc so you can keep the offense on the field because you do put Baker Mayfield in a situation like we we praise him, we envy him, like oh he has so much talent. But it's difficult massaging egos. It's difficult feeding all of that talent. So they need as much time on the field as they could possibly get. So go ahead out there and get a monster beast. Not sure if you to, saw the preseason game against Tampa. And, yeah, they lost 12-13. to 13, But did you see how Jameis was – and it's a preseason game, but they didn't. They were not acting like it was a preseason game. Usually you don't chase quarterbacks like that. Jameis was running for his. It's usually a gentleman's agreement. Don't don't hit the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, they was like, but, I got on the red jersey. Well, at least I'm supposed to. <laughs> like, they were just kind of red. Jameis around. I mean, they were Tampa I mean, red, just, red, orange. Yeah, I mean, it was it was bad, and I'm like, man, if this team looks like this, and I know Tampa's offensive line isn't that great, but boy, oh boy. I, see, I have to see this team at, after a bye week, week eight. And early on, I was talking a lot of garbage when I first saw that schedule. And then I'm like, and the, the further along I keep seeing little things like that, it makes me, like, really kind of worried. All right. Best case, worst case, overall prediction. Best case, best case scenario, this team finally breaks the curse and makes the playoffs. Wow, Carl. Uh, yeah, wild card. I, I'm not talking about you guys. We, we're we're get, we're sneaking in. We're sneaking in um, because the Steelers are they're going through their issues. The Bengals are the Bengals. I mean the Bungles. And um, do you really trust a quarterback that runs more than he throws? I don't. But you know, so they it's it's made for them to get in. And you know what? Though? I take I take that back for it. Best case for them is to win the division because I think it's possible because of the struggles of the other. Like when I said wild card, 
I had to sit back and think for a minute. Like I'm not really, I'm not overly impressed by any other team in the division. So, you know, you know, it could be the hype could be kind of warranted if they could put something together. Like the Steelers don't scare me. Yeah, the, the Ravens and, don't scare me. And the no, Bengals the Ravens scare me defensively. They scare the me. They scare me defensively. But yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's always going to be their identity, but. I look at schedule, and when I look at schedule, I see Tennessee. I see the Jets. Now, the Rams are the Rams, and we'll see what that is, what kind of Super Bowl hangover, hangover they have. But then you get the Ravens, the 49ers. I'm not scared of the 49ers. The Seahawks are at home, so Seattle has yeah. to travel from West Coast you know to East the, Coast. And it's a one o'clock. The Super Bowl so. runner-up is usually ass, except for yeah. those. Yeah. Except for those rare occasions when the Patriots lose in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, they're right then, back at it usually. Yeah, and then we just go <laughs> run ruckshot against everybody. Uh, for me, after week – when they see the New England, that's when it gets ratcheted up a little bit. It's New England, uh, Denver, and Buffalo. Very good defenses. You get – you get Pittsburgh, Miami. I don't. I, I'm still. The verdict is out on that defense still. Uh, but then you get you get a bit of a, a relaxer with the Bengals, and you get them at the end of the year. But you get the the Cardinals and the Ravens smushed in there. So this team could easily win the division. This schedule's not bad. It, there's only a few few teams that actually scare me on this thing. Yeah. Um. All right. So. For me, ah, oh, and prediction is um ten and six, ten and six. That's, that's 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 exactly where I was going. I was going to go ten and six. So you know, obviously, it seems like we might be buying into the hype a little bit, but we'll see. I mean, they should. I think it's a be default better. thing, though. It's a default yeah, thing. They, they have to be better, right? Like at some yeah. point, Cleveland has to stop being. They have to stop browning everything up. Yeah. And at some point, you're gonna have to break through, and do something. Um you know, amazing for that city. Uh, how amazing? I don't know. But a playoff berth is not too much to ask, and I'm pretty sure the city will be ecstatic just to be able to play into January. So I'm what is your worst-case well. scenario for this one? Because it could worst get case, very Worst-case scenario is, you know, they have that that talent, ego, meltdown, the chemistry is destroyed. I mean, because – you know, we we talk about Odell Beckham a lot, but they got a little bit of a firecracker at the quarterback position too. Um, you know, he he doesn't really pull punches. He doesn't really hold his tongue. You rub the wrong person the wrong way, you can have problems. Like you said, you can have a just the powder waiting to just be ignited. Yeah. So, you know, worst case scenario could be they have problems like that. And then they just brown the whole thing up. But I'm thinking, at worst, this if team Freddy shouldn't gone go anything happened. less than seven and nine. Seven and nine uh, floor, ten and six maybe the ceiling. Okay, okay, I like that. What was your question? Not bad. Uh, does Freddie Kitchens just is he gone if that happens because he can't control his locker room? Whew. <laughs> um, I don't see why he would get a long leash. I mean, because it's going to look bad if he does, considering, you know, what happened to my man out there. Because, you know, all the black people are going to cry. Yeah, Chris Wilkes, yeah. Yeah, if, if something. You or know. Steve Wilkes, sorry, Steve Wilkes. Yeah, no, no, I'm talking about even in Cleveland with with Hugh. You know, oh, Hugh didn't yeah, get that yeah. long of a leash. 
Um, Steve Wilkes, he got disrespected more than anybody in NFL history, in my, in my estimation. Um, they didn't give him anything to work with and still fired him. Um, but, no, you know, if Kitchens gets if, – if they have a meltdown with the expectations and, you know, Hugh didn't have that long of a leash during what was supposed to be the rebuild – then it's going to be some 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 fairness, some equality issues that's going to come up. But you know, that's not me saying Hugh probably didn't deserve to just go ahead and get the boot because I don't think Hugh proved enough in his prior stop to even warrant getting another job that quickly. But <laughs> yeah, shh, keep that quiet. I can't say that in front of in front of our peeps. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Um, in this episode, too, we're we're just going to do these uh, two divisions, the AFC West and the AFC North. So our next episode, episode uh, we're going to do two more. Uh, we might flip it over to the NFC. We, we'll see. You guys will see when we come back. But let's finish this division out um, because I do want to bring – I want to go off schedule a little bit and bring up a, a topic to talk about at the end after we finish the division. So let's go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, who finished last season at 9-6-1 and and missed the playoffs. Um, I think a lot of people were a little surprised by their late-season collapse. What did you think this team did in the offseason? What grade would you give them? Uh, they addressed issues that I really liked that they did. Uh, Devin Bush, great job. Dante Moncrief, great job. Mark Barron, great job. Steven Nelson, great job. Antonio Brown, great job. Get rid of him. Le'Veon Bell, you didn't re- didn't relent and, and give a running back big money. Great job. Um, Justin uh, Justin Lane, corner. Dante Johnson, uh, wide receiver, great job. I mean, Benny Snell, you go get somebody to help James Conner. These are all good things. What about the, only- the – uh- Contract extension for Big Ben. Uh, it, it was going to happen regardless. Um, You're like, uh, you got to keep okay your quarterback job. happy. Okay, job. I give this a C plus. Uh, you didn't get any superstars, but you got rid of you, – you you cut a little meat off the bone that was kind of going a little bad, you know. I told you, bad. man, you're, you're tough crowd personified, man. You're worse than me. You then you ran off like eight things and said great job and then was like ah, I give him a C plus. Yeah, yeah. I know yeah. in your other profession teaching students probably like damn it what do I have to do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little lenient there. I'm a little lenient, a little bit more lenient. But these, I, when, when it's an NFL team that makes millions of dollars and make smart decisions and they don't, uh, you know, sometimes I wonder can I could I ruin one of these teams? Could I do it? Who knows. Well, considering this division and the fact that we both have the Cleveland Browns going 10-6, and six, is there a reason for optimism for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Definitely. Uh, Big Ben is now the unquestioned leader on this team. There is no one – I mean, Juju isn't going to complain. He's going to get all the targets now. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, he was humble in the beginning, and now he you, – you get to help develop guys like James Washington and Ryan Switzer who are very good receivers – uh, James Washington will remind you of uh, one Justin Blackman somewhat before the alcohol and such. Uh, very similar type players. He can play inside, outside, and Juju is going to be more of the uh, – he'll be the Heinz Ward on your team. He'll be the quiet guy, but he'll dominate. Uh, he, I think he can. he's ready to be that number one. 
Uh, ben is going to be a, the unquestioned leader. The offensive line is fine. Uh, they showed up whatever they needed to do on defense, especially with Devin Bush. Uh, I still don't trust the secondary, but, hey, it is what it is. Uh, so, they, I mean, this is an all-around solid team. Okay, okay, okay. Um, let's see, potential problems that this Pittsburgh team could run into. Experience, experience, experience. You know, we talked about that with the with the Browns. We said talent over experience. Well, this one is, uh, this one's just really. This is uh, this is all experience because you have very young guys stepping into big roles. I mean, Dante Moncrief is a number four receiver for you. Uh, James Conner, his story that was very nice and it belongs on ESPN. It's you know he'll get a thirty for thirty one day. What if I told you? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right now, we got to go win some games. And uh, Mike Tomlin needs to help have, have this team win games. They need to get back to the old way of being a more physical team. Uh, I think that I think this having Benny Snell as well as James Conner to help run the football, be a little bit more physical, should help. But it's like we're living in the bizarro huge. world, though. Like, how yeah. weird is that to you? Are you, you know – you're not really used to one of the cons of the Pittsburgh Steelers being level of experience. Right, right. You're not really used to saying that, you know what I'm saying? And, they, you know, they find themselves in that position. You know, talented, but, but you know, it, it's usually, like you said, yeah, this team has experience, so, mm-hmm. you know. That can mm-hmm. that can make up for some of their lack of talent. So now they're also, in, uh, in, in another position. Reason for concern: Ben's health. I mean, if you he gets hurt, do you really trust uh, Rudolph or Mason Rudolph or Josh Dobbs to to handle the job? Even if he's out for a couple games, no, I ben do is not. known to get hurt. It may be that those ben guys are there is different. Get, get hurt because Ben like sometimes won't go down when he's supposed to go down. So he definitely will take an injury. And, you know, to his credit, Ben Roethlisberger has been one of the toughest SOBs oh, at yeah. the quarterback position oh, yeah. that I've seen throughout, you know, his tenure in the league. But like you said, it's sometimes you can't avoid missing a game, even if you want to come out there and limp on one leg. Sometimes they just won't let you do it because they need you in the long run. Mm-hmm. So I do not trust yeah, I do not trust their backups, no, to answer your question. Um, so what kind of season do you uh, foresee Ben Roethlisberger have, having in uh, Ben Roethlisberger, has been, he, he's completely transformed his game. I mean, it, it, I, it's amazing to see because I never expected him to be this guy that throws for three or 4,000 yards every year. But he's really been just balling. And I think a part of that is – Having Antonio Brown, I think that's been huge. Um, but now you're you're going to have a you're not going to have that extra guy to take off coverage from your from Juju. So uh, I think a 4,500 yard season, probably like 30 something odd touchdowns, the run of the mill type of season for any elite or or just below elite, above average, really decent quarterback in this in this league. Should have forty. We'll say thirty touchdowns, forty five hundred yards. Maybe he's a gunslinger too. He he throws some passes. You make you like, what are you doing? What were you looking at? <laughs> so he'll probably give you like twelve, fifteen, twelve to fifteen picks, but it's not terrible. 
Uh, who's the most important person on this team that's not a quarterback? Woo, that's a good one. Um, man, I don't have Antonio Brown to give on this one. So um, <laughs> I would say James Conner because they have to establish a physical run game and be a physical team. This is not your father's Steelers where they just they just pound it, pound it, pound it, and then the defense just goes to work. This is, this is a finesse team, but he's going to now be the heart and soul of this offense. I mean, you you got to run the football, and no Le'Veon Bell there to back you up. So it's you wanted it. You wanted to be the big dog. So now you are the big dog, and now we got we'll see what happens. All right, I will go with you on that one. Um, I do have a burning question here, and it's different from the one I've been asking the whole episode. It's not about their offensive line. This burning question is more on the defensive side of the ball. Um, the defense, like we talked about the bizarre world that we're living in when we're thinking like, oh, man, these Steelers don't have a lot of experience. That's what I think about the defensive end. You know, I think they're they're pretty much unproven. Um, so they, they basically have to prove that they can get that chemistry together. Um, you, you can't allow Ben Roethlisberger – Especially as he gets used to all of his new weapons, you know, no, no Bell. He didn't have him last year, but still, no Bell, no Antonio Brown. You don't want this team to get into shootouts every every week because, you know, I got a feeling that all of those won't particularly go their way. So the defense has to stop somebody. The defense has to to do their part in this. Um, and I'm not saying that they can't do it, but it's a concern. It's a burning question of mine because we haven't seen it yet because of so many new additions um, at those important positions. Uh, you, you got a burning question? Yeah, this defense. Uh, you allowed – I mean, and this is the, the, the crazy part in this is – they were sixth in the league in total defense and yards per game, which is a stat that's completely meaningless in today's NFL. But they right. were sixth in the league, three, allowing 327 yards a game. That's unheard of. That's like a very bad defense in yesterday's NFL. Uh, they allowed 22 points a game. That's not terrible. Uh, just under 100 yards on the ground. Um, but I really, with all these new pieces, I just don't – I really want to see – can they can they gel and can they finish? That's always it's not how the Steelers start, it's how they right. finish as of late. All right, so best case, worst case, and prediction. Best case scenario, uh, Ben has an out of his mind season uh, where he throws like forty touchdowns, like maybe ten picks. And the defense is, it comes together, and those weapons grow up really quickly. And they make maybe the divisional round. He has a shot at the MVP. Uh, I don't. I still think the Patriots and the and the the Chiefs are still, and the Chargers are still just and the Chargers cut above, are cut above. If those guys, if everything's equal and everybody's having their best year, they're still like the fourth team there. Um, worst case scenario, Ben goes down. And we're talking about his retirement possibly because uh, career a season-ending injury could be something that you just don't want to come back from, um, or this team just doesn't have enough, and the and the, the youth and inexperience 
hurts this team? All right, I, I think best case scenario. Um, oh, an eleven and five. Sorry. Right, best case scenario, Ben stays healthy. His team could possibly be a twelve and four team if, like you said, Ben can you know grow those guys up uh, sooner rather than later. Worst case, not even worst case. It's kind of like middle case scenario. Ben misses a game or two, um, which he usually does, um, or plays hurt throughout the entire season. That could maybe drop them to ten and six, eleven and five. I think I'm gonna lock them in around eleven and five, and that might be. I don't know. From what I'm thinking, it could be a game generous. Um, Worst case scenario, of course, it's the health of your aging quarterback. Um, I don't even have a record to go with the worst case scenario. They just need to stay away from the worst case scenario. Yeah, yeah, three and thirteen, <laughs> two and fourteen, first pick overall. What have they got to? Oh my god! Oh my god! I don't even want to think about that. That that's all right. Great. So, last but not least, um, last year's. Uh, division winner, the Baltimore Ravens, who finished the season at 10-6. and six. Um, Like I said, won the division, uh, got into the playoffs. A uh, lot to talk about with the, the Ravens. Off-season grade, what do you see? Oh, man, this one this one's easy. Um, for me, I give this team – I give them a solid C plus. I'm I'm not I'm not into giving teams like these just awesome grades for do, doing things that they're supposed to do. Uh, you you go pick up Mark Ingram to help out this defense, this secret defense, offense. Defense. Yeah, you go get Mark Ingram and you help out this secret defense that we've been hearing about. Uh, you go get uh, Earl Thomas at the back end of his career. That's good. But you let go of C.J. Mosley. Granted, he wanted a lot of money, so I'm okay with letting him go. You never pay big big guys, big uh, middle linebackers like that. Terrell Suggs, that's a guy you keep. Uh, you figure it out. Figure it out, guys. Come on. Uh, and, and Eric Weddle, another guy, you figure it out. Uh, you bring in Hollywood Brown. Uh, wow. We, we're going to keep some somebody, uh, Antonio Brown, someone in the family is going to stay on in this division, I guess. Uh, but he's already injured. Miles Boykin, I actually like him. I hope he has a good season. Uh, Justice Hill is my is a guy I can't wait to see because he's the yin to uh, Mark Ingram's yang, and he's going to be that complimentary piece. Uh, he's that quick quick twitch guy in the backfield. And Trace McSorley, I can't wait to see what they do with him. Please don't learn from RG3, please. Uh, Give him a C+. Reasons for optimism on this team, as usual, defense, defense, defense. <laughs> Um, yeah, we, we know what the, the bread and butter, the calling card is for um, this team, let alone this franchise. Um, they, they don't – I don't know. It's like you can't pick out like a tried and true leader, but from all the guys that you're naming, you know, some of the new additions, even Earl Thomas, like they just have a lot of – Good guys, a lot of alpha guys, and I think mm-hmm. the defense is, is, you know, it's going to be what we're used to seeing with them. Is that your reason for optimism with this team? Uh, yeah, because I, and I want to say Lamar Jackson's improved mechanics and accuracy, but 
it's yet to be shown in this secret offense they keep holding, which I feel is just going to be a run-heavy spread offense. But uh, he he improved slightly, just marginally. Um, I, I really, I just really, I'm hoping that he has because he's. I mean, you can you really be a run heavy? Michael Vick even was a better passer than he was even at this point in his career. Fifty-eight percent passer, and he averaged being a fifty-seven percent passer, and in his time at Louisville, so not that much of an improvement. Yeah, I mean, you know, you kind of tr- like everything you read and everything you hear about Lamar Jackson, like they're praising the way he runs, like that's when you're getting into that dangerous territory as a quarterback. And like you said, even though, you know, Mike Vick was even a better passer than him at this point, like those is it's reminiscent of that time though. Like every time you heard somebody praise Mike Vick, they were talking about what he did last night with his feet. Mm-hmm. That's dangerous. He's a, you're a quarterback for a reason. Like you got to start slaying that thing. Um, and being Especially when they protect you, you the way be. they do. Right, right. Um, so most important player on this team who's not a quarterback, Earl Thomas, safety free agent. Um, he's, he's going to be, he's going to bring a different type of discipline. He know, I mean, let's just be real. He, he was the, he still might be the best free safety in the league. Uh, he, to the fact that, Seattle, they effed up. I'm just going to call it the way it is. They effed up real bad. Um, I mean, he was the leader of the Legion of Boom. Yeah, you you had Richard Sermon, who was the talker. You know, when you have your boys with you, you know, you got one dude that's the talker, and then you got one dude who's just – he's just bigger than everybody else. So when you get off the get out the car, oh, don't mess with that guy. Earl Thomas is that small dude that – oh, he'll mess you up, but he's real quiet. You know, he gets all the chicks and all that. So he's that guy. He He's the real leader, but he he's the alpha dog of the group. But he says very little. And I think he's going to lead by example with this team, and he fits this culture perfectly. Right. Um, that's, that's definitely a good uh, a good pick. Um, burning questions you have for this team. For, well, me, it, it, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reverse. I'm going to make a U-turn. I'm going to go back to – where I've been for most of the night that I came up off of a little bit for some teams, um, the offensive line, um, this is another group where I don't see the depth in the offensive line. Um, I think the line in general, the starting unit, I think it's a pretty good line to, to begin with, but if anybody goes down, I think, you know, it'll be, difficult for the Ravens to just pick up and, and, and keep chugging along, you know, wherever they were at the time of those injuries. So that's the only thing, you know, that really, really scares me. I mean, besides the, the maturity and, and improvement or the, or the perspective improvement of, of the quarterback, um, this, this kind of scares me. For me, playmakers. Uh, I just who's gonna make plays on the perimeter? You you they put a lot of a lot of um, a lot of their their promise into Marquise Brown, Marquise Hollywood Brown, who already had Liz Frank surgery. That's not good. 
a, a speedy small receiver. I mean, I compare him to Deshaun Jackson, right? So what do we know that Deshaun Jackson did early in his career? He beat you deep. He, he put him on kick returns, punt returns. But can you put all of your all your chips in the middle of the table and say he's our guy? Who's the next guy? Who's my reliable guy that's gonna make a catch over the middle when it matters on third and uh, third and six, and I need seven? Who's gonna be that guy? Who's gonna make Lamar Jackson better? Because you can't throw it deep every play. Who's that guy? And I don't, I haven't identified that guy. Is it Miles Boykin? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, and I think and and. Lamar Jackson is going to be is a big piece of that because his accuracy as a quarterback, his mechanics, his fundamentals, which Greg Roman has been quoted as saying that they had they need a ton of retooling. That I mean, he didn't fit the NFL game. He was a backyard quarterback. He is the prototypical high. He he played football because he was the best athlete on the field. He could out athlete people. Well, this is the NFL. There is no out athleting you. Everybody's good. Everybody's fast. Right. All right. So, best case, worst case prediction. Best case, uh, Ravens. They win the division. Lamar Jackson is serviceable enough. This offense, they they take this secret, so-called secret offense, where they're running the football, pounding ground, and they take it old school. And they, I guess, they go triple option like Georgia Tech from years and years ago. They take this offense all the way to the play to a division win. Uh, the Steelers fall off a little bit, and they take the division crown. They lose. They get there, and they lose in the second round of the playoffs to some team in New England, more than likely. Um, worst case scenario, Lamar Jackson gets hit one too many times, and well, you got Trace McSorley or RC three uh, being your quarterback, and that all bets are off, and. You can the defense can only be on the field so long, so that could be a just a disastrous season. All right. Um, and twelve case, and four. Twelve and four is the record. Twelve and four. I think best case for the Ravens this season is to sneak in with a wild card at maybe ten and six. Um, where I have them, I have them. I'm fighting between eight and eight, nine and seven. Um, I think I'm going to say eight and eight for the Ravens this season and no playoff appearance, but we shall see. That's why they play the games, man. Uh, On paper, things look a certain way to me at least, but that is why they play the games. So that is your uh, preview for the AFC West. And the AFC North. Before we get out of here, though, man, we have to talk about the news that broke this week um, about Andrew Luck. And you will hear us talk about it even more when we get to that division and actually do um, our preview on that division because you're not going to be able to talk about it without bringing him up. Mm -hmm. But we had to give, you know, we'll go out on a few minutes of giving our thoughts about, you know, what happened and and if you've been living under a rock Andrew Luck at 29 years old has announced his retirement from the NFL he was dealing with um some more injuries calf and ankle i believe um and and this time a few days basically a week from the start of the season a season in which this team is was projected to be a top three to four team. I was scared of this team. And a contender, you know, he calls it quits. 
So that's that's when you know you look at things as he walked off the field because he was standing on the field for the preseason game, and you know there wasn't an announcement or anything, but you know you know how social media works and everybody's at the game with their phone, and as the news started to spread around the the stadium. You know, the fans started to get a little agitated. So when he walked off the field, he walked off the field to some booze. Now, what did you think? Like, what do you think about his decision to retire? And then what do you think about the treatment that he got from indie fans as he as he exited the field? Uh, his, as far as the decision, I respect it. Um, at the end of the day, fans – Fans, they uh, first they first off fans. I need you, Baltimore. I'm, I almost called them the Baltimore Colts. Boy, I'm a historian. Uh, Indianapolis, you've had the most. You've been blessed. You had Peyton Manning, and followed it up with Andrew Luck. Within three years of having him, you got to the AFC title game. Okay, this man was a godsend, right? I mean, he had nobody around him, and he still balled out virtually for 4,000 yard passer every year of his career for the most part. He's done everything he can and with with what he had and if you've ever been on a sideline for a football game, I don't care if it's high school, college or the NFL, if you've ever seen a a bone jarring hit, you have to be a little bit psycho to actually play this game. I'm just going to call it the way it is. You have to have some screws loose to play this game. And to boo him to boo him for saying, man, I'm, 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 I don't enjoy this game anymore. Man, that sounds like Michael right. Jordan, didn't it? I don't enjoy this game anymore. Oh, right. I mean, but as fans, we get we get spoiled like that, and we're used to everybody being such tough guys. Like gone is the era where dudes, you know, mess up their fingers and they tell you, oh, you can't go back out like that. Well, cut it off. Like you know, Ronnie yeah. Lott ain't no more Ronnie Lott. Doors. Nah. And as much as we revere stories like that, the bottom line of it is it's stupid. It's not worth it. And players today are starting to realize that it's not worth Mm -hmm. it. So if we can sit here and praise, you know, black basketball players for, quote, unquote, taking control of their careers and taking control of their destinies and putting the power in their hands, walking away on their own terms and doing this on their own terms, then we got to be consistent across the board. We know, and you know, Andy, you you were excited about the season. Luck was coming back, presumably healthy, um, and you guys were contenders. But you still have to look at this man as a human being. He has a wife to go home to. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? He wants to have all of his faculties when he leaves this game. Andrew Luck has had some gruesome injuries in yeah, yeah. his short stint in the NFL. Let's do a little timeline of some of the things that happened to him. Uh, September 2015, sprained shoulder. You know, that's a difficult one to deal with when you throw the ball for a living. Mm-hmm. November 2015, lacerated kidney plus multiple muscle pulls in his abdomen. When this happened, he was peeing blood. Mm-hmm. There's no job on this earth that I'm coming back to the day after I pee blood. So they're lucky he didn't roll out in 2015. Because <laughs> if, if I go to the bathroom and I pee blood because of my occupation, then I have to realize. I'm chunking the deuce. I'm, I'm chunking the deuce, man. I can't. Yeah. Um, <laughs> September 2016, frayed labrum. Um, that happened in, in the in the preseason. 
and listen to, like listen to the words that they're using like frayed <laughs> like these injuries are not for the week apart i mean he had uh shoulder surgery um and that was his throwing shoulder at that so i mean right 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 and that's the thing like you you come and you do the, the the prep for the season every year you're out there you don't even have the same zip on the ball that you had like it's i can understand how it's just not fun for you anymore because you're spending 75% of your life rehabbing instead of just going out and playing, you know, the game that you love. And after this whole shoulder thing, he had a really rough time. They had finally put him on the IR. Um, He was advised not to even throw a ball for two to three months. I mean, he just just went through a lot, man. And for, for people to just not take his well-being, his life into consideration. It's selfish, but that's what we as sports fans do, man. We expect everybody to be macho. We expect yeah. everybody. But you're not if realizing how kid, macho these guys were before they made the decision. Like, we don't realize until you sit back and read and sit back and think of what Gronk did play through, of what Andrew yeah. Luck did play through. We're only looking at what you're not willing to play through and, you're going and what injuries weren't reported because there are so many injuries that we don't right. hear about. You know, right. I mean, there's probably been a concussion in there somewhere at some point that he's nah, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Right. Somewhere along. And the for line. me, I'm a, I've been a big Andrew Luck fan from day one. Um, me too, very, very I, much. I think he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league, especially coming into this season. So, yeah, of course I'm upset that I don't get to see him play, but it's not the type of upset where I'm going to take it out on him. Like, I've heard people call him a quitter. I've heard – you've heard everything in the past I, week, but you I have to respect somebody. I just – it really – and I don't I don't normally say names, but Doug Gottlieb got me. He he was the one – Yeah. I don't know if you saw that that tweet. where. Oh, he yeah, did. I saw it, and I saw Troy Aikman go at his neck. Yeah, Troy Aikman went right <laughs> into him. I mean, it, man, it, it's crazy to think, especially for a guy that um, transferred out of Oklahoma State for credit card fraud, but we're not going to get into that. Right. That's what we do, man. <laughs> we live in a judgmental society, man, where everybody's better than you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, whatever. But, oh, we uh, – I don't know, man. It's, 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 it's just crazy. But like I said, we will talk more about this. Where does um, he rank? And I know as we get out of here, where does where does he rank among for all time? Despite his short time, I mean, he only played for six years, but twenty three thousand yards, one hundred and seventy one touchdowns, eighty three picks, sixty percent completion, a fifty three and thirty three record. I know we're not talking Hall of Fame or anything, but where does he rank for you as far as among the really goods, the really greats, the you know, what was the body of work that we've seen so far? Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely – that's definitely an impossible question to answer. Um, talent-wise, come on, man, he's one of the most talented quarterbacks I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. The injuries made his last few years up and down, but even as people criticize his last few years, even him, you look at the numbers, even like, you know, Andrew Luck had a damn good – uh, career, I'm seeing people calling him a bust because, you know, he ended up calling it quits after six seasons. But 
don't, I don't know, man. Like you look at his, he's done, he's done more in this little bit of time than a lot of people that we hold in high. Only regard. one losing season, and that's only due to injury. So I mean, right. the man went eleven and five for three years, and went from he right. went from wild card I mean, to divisional. From, to, you know, he took the team from what two and 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 fourteen, yeah, to eleven and five as a rookie. But there's a lot of people out there who title game. There's no, right. there's, there's a lot of people out there who still refuse to give him his respect. Yeah. Like I've literally I, seen a few people on social media this week say that Andrew Luck is garbage. Yeah, like, yet the guy that, that went behind him is a backup to a guy that might not even be as good as him. Right. So you know, it is crazy. People are going to say what they're going to say, man. Mm-hmm. But like I said, mm-hmm. I respect uh, the move. You know what I'm saying? I respect the fact that. He wants to be a whole human being <laughs> after playing this game. He's a guy who's made a lot of money, about $97 million. Um, he's well-educated. You know, he may have some other things that he might want to do. And he's in a position right now where he can still do them. He has the, the capital to, to do whatever he wants to do. He still has the, the brain capacity to do what he wants to do. Um you know, and and calling it quits at this moment, he'll still be able to walk. I mean, like I said, we love we, we love the tough guys from back in the day. We love the Earl Campbells. The Earl Campbells, at this point, when they try to trot him out there at Texas, it takes him like forty five <laughs> minutes to walk to the middle of the field, and that's exactly. not the quality of life you want to enjoy. So it, it's a different time now, and guys are making so much more money. They have the power to make these decisions, man, and I'm not mad at them. Like, as a fan, of course we want to see him play, you know, because I think he had a whole lot more to give, and I was just waiting for him to prove that he was one of the greatest. And, you know, that that, that may not happen. Um, there's some conspiracy theorists out there who think he'll rehab for a couple of years and come back, but we'll see. We'll see, man. But shout-out to him. He's still one of my favorites. All right, man, we got to get out of here because the clocks are ticking. So we will come back to you guys in the next episode with two more divisions in our series, our NFL preview series for 2019. Uh, You can catch everything we're doing at warroomsports.com. You can go there and check out the podcast network and get all the archive episodes of Cover 2. If you're a college football fan, you can check out Quick Slants as well. And, of course, the flagship show of the War Room. Fred, let everybody know where they can catch you on social media. Uh, you can catch me on Twitter, Fred Produce CFB. Uh, I will, I'll be kind of in the college scene. Um, I've got some things i got to take care of, so I might be ducking in and out this weekend. But college football season, is official. week one is officially here. I've licked my wounds from losing to that team uh, in Gainesville. So shout out to them. i got to wear a Gator shirt this week. Oh, man. (laughs) Make sure you take photos. Oh, I have no choice. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, everybody, this has been another episode of Cover 2 with McMillan and Purdue. For my partner, Purdue, I'm the one they call McMillan. You know, we tell you guys when we close out every episode, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top, and we'll see you for our next NFL preview episode. Peace. Going up to LaFell. Touchdown. The big screen. Center. Over the middle. 
War Room Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.